Hi, Latinos in clinical research community. Today, I would like to introduce Jimmy Bechtel from Society of Clinical Research Sites. And we're going to be having a discussion with him about their organization and some of the services they offer to uh, others in clinical research. Hi, everybody. Jimmy, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks um, ha I yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I know some of us are very familiar with Society of Clinical Research, but if you want to introduce a little bit about your background, what do you do for the organization and some of the services that you Yeah, offer? absolutely. Absolutely. So um, SCRS, Society for Clinical Research Sites, uh, we're an organization that uh, represents clinical research sites all over the world. We have 9,500 plus members um, all over the all over the globe, um, Europe, uh, Latin America, um, Asia, all, all over the place, Australia, and of course the United States. Um, and we were founded in 2012 out of a growing need for there to be an organization that represented the voice of the clinical research sites. And that really was the foundation for our mission that our founder, our late founder, Christine Pierre, um, brought the company into existence based on, and that's to unify the voice of the global clinical research site community for greater site sustainability. And that's really what we focus on. And, and that, that mission is, is held up by four pillars, advocate, educate, mentor, and connect that really underlie all of the work that we do, all of the projects we do, um, why we, uh, we, we're here on a daily basis doing what we do on behalf of the sites and, uh, and the work that we strive to, to help them better themselves for. Um, and so I'm their director of innovation and engagement, and uh, I have a very external facing role with, uh, within the company. Um, I, I do a lot of the speaking um, on behalf of, of SCRS at conferences, uh, really representing the voice of the research site, as, as you can probably imagine from my introduction to the company there, uh, and, and providing that perspective uh, as, uh, from a holistic point of view, representing kind of what everybody at, in the site level tries to um, tries to portray uh, so a lot of the companies that reach out to us and engage with us do um, do just that they they look to us to rep have that representative voice for the site I mean in addition to in addition to that we have um, as, as far as the sites are concerned and what what uh, your your uh, constituency might be interested in are the the services right that we have and the I guess the benefits that we have as being um, a part of SCRS uh, and some of the bigger ones, the more primary ones that I'd be happy to get into or, or explain some other ones further. Um, we have a lot of educational content that we put, at, put forth um, in the format of uh, most commonly webinars. Um, we're excited that in 2021, we're, we're kind of broadening that, that offering. Um, instead of just doing kind of your straight across you know, webinar that we have where someone comes up and presents. We're trying to call them virtual experiences in 2021, where we'll have you know, workshops, Q&A sessions, fireside chats, interviews like this one, um, podcasts, all kinds of different things to try to, um, you know, enhance what we're seeing in 2021. And, and since everything's virtual now, um, we're trying to kind of diversify the way we do that. So a lot of what we do and a lot of what our members take advantage of are those, those, those educational opportunities um, because they come with contact hours also. So not only do you get to learn something uh, and, and broaden yourself or, or deepen your understanding of a particular focus area, but um, you also then have the opportunity to um, meet some of your requirements for your licensure and certifications. Um, we, have, we have a number of other um, opportunities to make connections with sponsors and CROs 
that's obviously a huge part of what we do and what we try to strive for and enable our members to be able to do. Uh, those are things like the site advocacy groups. Members of SCRS can, can participate in what we call the site advocacy groups. And those are really um, focus groups is another word uh, that people are more commonly uh, attuned with, uh, where the sponsor, CRO, or professional service provider says, hey, we have, we have something that we want to run by the sites. We have an idea. We have a concept. We have a project. Um, we have a portfolio of trials um, that we want to run by the sites and get their feedback on. And so we help them put together that focus group of research sites so that they can um, they can in, engage in that a little bit more directly uh, and, and really hone in on exactly what they're looking for. And um, the uh, site advocacy. So, you know, you guys have a legion following because on LinkedIn, I was on someone's post named Daniel Perez from Macro Trials, who everybody should know. And he was talking about the vaccine and should researchers be prioritized for getting the COVID vaccine. And I know us with Latinos in clinical research, we're planning a weekly series on COVID and mm -hmm. uh, everything that that pertains to you. But you guys is fan. I don't know who it was, but uh, maybe that podcast is really working or something. But people started <laughs> coming on and saying SCRS is doing this. Uh, you know, they're advocating for sites to get vaccines. So what exactly are you guys doing when it comes to like things like that? Like this is yeah. like a big issue right now. So what are you guys doing with that? Absolutely. Kind of leads to our other our other pillar, right? Advocacy. And um, we uh, it came to our attention several months ago. Uh, as, as the the government agencies and the state, local and uh, federal government agencies were planning the rollout of the vaccine, um, that the, the 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 traditional clinical researcher, right, the person um, who is at the freestanding site or maybe even the clinic-based site, uh, was not on the highest was not on the first rollout. I guess is a, a good term to use of that vaccine. In other words, our clinical researchers were not the first people that were scheduled to receive the vaccine. Um, that list contained, you know, our first responders and those in the hospital settings. But again, those in the clinic settings were not necessarily gonna be the first ones vaccinated. And we felt that was um, an injustice to our clinical research sites because they're the ones that are performing the COVID-19 studies, right? They're the ones that are treating the patients. They're the ones that are vaccinating that had gone through this whole gamut of the vaccination trials. And a lot of those sites who were seeing and treating COVID-19 patients were not going to be the first ones to receive that, that vaccine. So we, we partnered with um, ACRO as one example of a company, to, uh, of an organization rather, um, to advocate on behalf of those individuals, those researchers and uh, the people at our clinical research sites or community-based and clinic-based research sites to tell our, our local and federal government officials that these people need to be included on that list. They need to be some of the first people that receive that vaccine because they're the ones that help develop this vaccine yeah. to be quite, quite frank with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, do you see um, there's a change now with um, that more sites are getting vaccinated um, locally? Have you heard more of that happening? Yeah, actually through our online community, we have a, we have a, um, a, uh, a, a, I don't want to call it a listserv, but it really, that's the term people are familiar with. We call it an mm -hmm. online community and it's all of our members that can come together and have conversations via email. Um, we've started to see just through pure awareness of this issue, just by the fact that um, we've been brought it to the attention of our sites, um, they have been empowered then to go out and seek 
mm-hmm. what they have, what they feel is um, a, a right to them to be to be vaccinated. A lot of our sites have gone to their local government officials, um, have gone to their local healthcare agencies uh, and requested and basically justified for themselves that we are the ones we're seeing COVID-19 patients. They're coming into our clinics all the time. We're providing them uh, research treatment and research um, preventative measures. So we feel strongly that we need to be, um, you know, vaccinated, like get me on the schedule basically, you know, and it's working for some of those sites. So just by the fact, just by nature of us bringing this to their attention and letting them know, hey, you guys aren't on that phase one rollout list um, they have been proactive, a lot of them. And they the great part is, the great part about the community is they've been able to then share that. This is what mm-hmm. I did. This is how I was successful in being able to, vac- to, to receive the vaccination for myself and my staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You're doing really great work. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for everything that you guys do. Um, I would definitely say though, like, uh, especially given how, you know, right now clinical research is on the boom and there are some PIs that are now becoming, uh, that are new to research, that are being more open to having their own sites, I would definitely say that, you know, getting involved with your organization would be extremely helpful for them, just kind of getting them, you know, the right track and making sure that they're having all the connections and networks they need. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of resources that are geared towards those individuals, right? People that are just starting out. Um, we have a, a lot of, you know, resources and, and modules and, and education materials for um, for people who are new to research, right? Have never heard of it. And what we what we really gear that towards are our our managers and our directors who are bringing staff in who are phenomenal nurses or medical assistants or data people and have never been exposed to research, but they have that bad, that underlying clinical knowledge that they need. They just need the research knowledge. So we have a lot of resources for those types of scenarios also. Awesome. Um, I actually am curious. So you're saying your education resources. Um, do you have education that is more geared towards, you know, minority uh, populations? Like for instance, we were discussing how, we need certain, you know, some sites need, you know, uh, medical Spanish translation you know, documents and all sorts of things like that. Um, do y'all have education and, you know, any type of procedures that you help, you know, train certain sites that are within a bigger population like Latinos? Sure. So we have our, um, we have a, a diversity initiative within SCRS. Mm-hmm. It's been a program that's been running for a long time um, mm-hmm. and has had, really tremendous buy-in from some of our, our sponsor CRO and service provider companies who are also invested in growing diversity at the site level, right? So we, we were in a unique position to be able to kind of hear the voice of the site um, and, and represent that and bring those sponsor CROs and um, service providers in to help uh, have the conversation, right? To really meet that FDA mandate around and, and other regulatory, um, you know, federal regulatory agencies all over the world about increasing diversity in clinical trials. Now, talking, addressing your question specifically as far as educational content for our minority populations in trials, I definitely see that as a direction for this diversity initiative to head to. Their focus has really been on how do we, how do we, how do we most effectively assess 
where we are as a as a as a community when it comes to diversity right mm-hmm. and we need to kind of have this baseline understanding of where where our sites are where are they at mm-hmm. with diversity and then mm-hmm. we can start to implement tools most effectively and in ways that we can help them, right? So once we understand where we're at and where we're going, we can better then provide and build tools like you had mentioned, which I think is an mm-hmm. excellent, um, excellent, you know, ed- educational materials geared towards um, sites that are in locations with minority populations to help, um, to really help them. And that's, that is in essence what that diversity program is and will continue to be going forward. Awesome. That's really great. And I think I speak as well as for, you know, the rest of uh, our co-founders here. I definitely should uh, get together and collaborate with something, your organization mm-hmm. for sure, because that's, you know, a focus of our initiative as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're always looking to, to involve as many as we can, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a question. You mentioned that uh, this is available or many people from uh, South America and then from the uh, Europe and the rest of the world are, um, you know, um, associated with this uh, CSSRS. Um, that means that you have material in different languages or everything is only in English? As far as our resources go, some of what we have as far as um, those educational modules I talked about and a few other things are in other language. Cantonese, for example, um, a lot of it is in Spanish. Yes. Um, a There is what I would say room for improvement in that space. A lot of the uh, individual, we do oftentimes engage with um, our, our individuals outside of the U.S. to help um, to, uh, we, we have a lot of diversity-based educational content, right? Where we bring in people from, uh, that, that are interested in diversity or work in the diversity space. We had a, a, a um, a webinar not too long ago that focused on diversity in oncology research specifically. Um, and we had uh, individuals from BMS, Lorena Curry, uh, and some others that are focused, that's, that's their job, right? They're like the director and vice president of diversity at their companies to bring in. Uh, unfortunately, all those things happen in English, right? Just by nature of, just by nature of the beast. But uh, we do have, um, we do have some things that are in, um, in, in other languages, but uh, definitely room, I think, to grow there uh, as we as we kind of continue to appeal to a broader um, XUS uh, audience. Wow. What's what's the um, what does your client profile look like? Is it just any kind of site owner, or can somebody be a member that's not a site owner uh, of SCRS? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our the based on the type and the format of the resources that we provide and a lot of our benefits, it tends to um, attract managers, directors, owners, site leadership, um, and primarily, uh, at, at least as the, um, I'll call them the, uh, the, 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 the one to, uh, to jump in is usually that person, but the individuals that utilize the benefits is really anybody at the site that is interested, right? I mean, those webinars and that educational content really can apply to anyone, a coordinator, a data a data specialist. I remember when I was at a site, when I was first starting my career, um, that was one of the first things that my manager asked me to do was sign up for my SCRS profile through our membership as a company and check out the webinars, check out the publications and uh, really, you know, kind of 
there's a lot of information in there that can help you grow as an individual, even though you're a data specialist and a patient recruiter at our site, there's a lot of great stuff in there if you have ambitions uh, and wanna, wanna really learn about the industry. So um, to, to, to answer your question more directly, it's not just owners that really um, not only invest in, but also then take advantage of SCRS membership. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and I forgot to, add, to... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Judy. I was going to add to that, Jimmy, um, that I actually have... We're signed up as a research center with SCRS, and I have mm -hmm. all my staff register, and I Good. tell them the same thing you mentioned, like, attend anything you get. If you see a webinar, some training, attend it. It's helpful. You know, anything yeah. you can learn more than um, go ahead and do it. And so, yeah, we've had our membership for a few years already. Yeah, excellent. And that's one of the big things. That's one of my big, big things that I always try to make sure that when I not only am communicating to potential members, but also current members, is that it's not just for you, right? This is an organizational membership. This is, it's you and all of your staff that we want to be able to take advantage of the membership because there really are, like I said, things that are part of membership that can apply to all of your staff and help them grow and help them learn and better treat and uh, recruit their patients. Yeah, Jimmy, I was going to ask before SCRS, what is your background? Were you in the research industry? Yeah, I, um, I came fresh out of college into research, actually, um, which is atypical. I wanted to be, a, I, I thought healthcare finance was the bee's knees. Uh, and I actually interned for a CFO for a number of years at a clinic uh, locally here in Oregon, where I'm based. Um, and uh, that individual happened to also oversee the clinical research department. And the position of data specialist and patient recruiter came up right as my internship ended. Uh, mm -hmm. And he said, this would be an excellent job for you. You should consider applying. And I, uh, you know, like most of us, I think <laughs> I had no idea what clinical research was <laughs> and what, how, you know, I, I wanted, nah, I want to be I want to be the CFO of a hospital somewhere. Like I want, <laughs> that's what I want to do. And uh, so I applied thinking it would be a really great first step and ended up falling in love um, and really kind of working my way up through that chain. I was uh, operations management and was being groomed for management before I actually um, made the transition over to the sponsor side of things. So I, I worked for a major pharmaceutical company for a number of years um, before I had uh, the opportunity to come to SCRS who I had worked with like I had mentioned, and, and really came to know and appreciate the value that our organization brings to the site community um, since day one. You know, from the site, I made sure I stayed connected with SCRS when I was at that pharmaceutical company uh, for mm -hmm. a number of years, and then all the way, uh, obviously, to where I am now. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Chris, my buddy Chris is on. Chris is uh, the silent observer of this meeting. <laughs> All we heard was from your dog so far. <laughs> you have you have anything for uh, Jimmy or anyone else? Yeah. Monica, Ashley, Judy, anybody? And hello, everybody. I was, I was on mute uh, because of the barking dog. <laughs> <laughs> so SCRS, that's uh, that's who uh, we're talking to and talking about diversity and um, you know I guess we've trying to figure out this whole diversity thing, especially when it comes to Latinos, because this is Latinos in clinical research. Mm -hmm. And the way we're approaching it is like a grassroots approach. So mm -hmm. we're going into the communities for now, for now, virtually, but Judy, Monica, 
uh, I don't know if Ashley's doing it as well, but like on the ground, you know, in the areas that they're located, Ashley's a CRA, so she's busy monitoring, but Judy and Monica <laughs> are site owners. So they're actually on the ground, you know, trying to get more Hispanics to participate in clinical research and trying to get more Latinos working in research. So I think mm -hmm. our goals are uh, somewhat aligned when it comes to this, uh, us and SCRS. And it'd yeah. be interesting to see how we can collaborate uh, going forward. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really, it's a win-win for everybody when we increase mm -hmm. diversity in clinical trials, right? And I, I okay. uh, one area that I think gets um, not as much attention uh, as it needs to is, is staffing, right? And then bringing <laughs> these, the, exactly. I, it, it's, it, it's tough, I think, for a lot of people to really understand that there is value, I think, in having um, someone of your same culture and in the research that you are being asked to participate in. Yeah. Um, you know, when you can walk in and you see a Latina or a Latino there with you and they speak, they can speak your language, uh, you know, is really what it boils, your, your native language, right? The language that you were raised on, let alone, you know, I mean, ESL as a second language, it's, it's a completely different ball game, I think. So yeah. I, I think that's one area that, um, that just kind of gets, uh, we, we focus so much on patients, uh, diverse patients mm -hmm. in clinical research, which is obviously um, critical to the success of our, our medicines and the work that we do. But, uh, you know, keep fighting the good fight when it comes to uh, bringing, educating the, the, I mean, just like me, you know, if I, it, I had no idea that research was a career uh, yeah, when I came yeah. out of college. So I think that that is a really important um, angle to take when it comes to just diversity as a whole. Yeah. And that's good. That's funny you mentioned that because I think that's always been our conversations and it comes up. Um, and even to this day, because I've been in research for 16 years, 13 years as a site owner, still trying to hire people. I'm starting, I'm getting interns. I'm training from the bottom up. Nobody knows about research still to this right. day. And so it's a, it is a challenge because I don't want to say there's not that much out there when it comes to the training or, you know, we have to train them based on our procedures and it, but just other resources to use. There's not much out there, like you mentioned. So I wish right. It was more because um, I'm always um, modifying and changing stuff and how can I do things better how can I do it train someone easier but it's never an easy task as you know right <laughs> right yeah you know? I mean, we talk we talk clinical research as a care option clinical <laughs> research as a career option right I mean yeah. it's absolutely same, uh, another yeah. another campaign to get behind right exactly mm -hmm. sure and I actually want to say I think that's one of the biggest things I enjoy what you said that SCRS brings as far as resources but the consistent training that you that is being offered to whoever's in it. So, you know, uh, for instance, like you said, you know, having somebody of the same background uh, being hired. So you might be hiring an, a medical assistant that doesn't have clinical research background, but, you know, they can speak the language. They understand, you know, the vitalizing and all of the, of the patient of the subject and giving them the opportunity outside of their general training to continue to learn and to educate themselves and ultimately grow and level up within the, you know, industry and, uh, you know, representing our, our, um, you know, our culture. It's, I think it's, it's really, it's really great. It's the, I think the domino ripple effect, right? So I think what y'all are doing is really great and it gives people so much room to grow. So that's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. We should mention also that that's part of our mission. <laughs> yeah. Want to educate people in the whole spectrum, not just the population about uh, participating in clinical trials, but also 
the, the uh, professionals uh, about the career because there is so much room in, in, in pharmaceutical industry. It's so much that we can give to the, uh, uh, to the world uh, just by working in, in, I mean, the impact that, that a professional can give to the world by working in one clinic is just massive. We yeah. just probably don't see it as, as big as it is, but it is massive because uh, by us working, uh, like one by one, uh, I mean, just little by little becomes a, a, a big picture. And that's mm -hmm. why now we have the vaccine, thanks to all of these professionals working together. Exactly. So, uh, it, it's yeah. wonderful to hear that, that that you have pretty much the same <laughs> approach or <laughs> perspective that we have in our mission. Most definitely. Great. Excellent. Jimmy, <laughs> we got to get you on. We're going to subscribe you. Uh, whether you like it or not, we're going to put your email on the email list. And, uh, I'm not in Europe. You can do whatever you want to my email. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's another, Chris, you hear that about Europe? They, they have a bunch of new laws. Actually, Judy brought that to my attention, right? You're the one who brought yeah. that to my attention. Yeah, I think I got an email from, I don't know which organization. Probably from SCRS. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. About, uh -huh. I haven't heard anything about that since because uh, I don't think anyone's really paying attention to it. Well, we <laughs> have to. We, uh, we have to be very purposeful in uh, how we obtain, store, and uh, manage our... Um... Have you noticed a lot of that? You notice when you go onto websites, I mean, this is a bit of a digression, but the, when you go on websites now, and it yeah. has that little pop-up that comes in there. It's yeah. like a very clear disclaimer about cookies yeah. and stuff. That is a direct result of, uh, it's called GDPR is the name mm -hmm. of the uh, the new law. And it's, yeah. it is added a layer. It's got, it's got a good, good um, purpose, but it's added layers of challenge and complication for sure. Wow. Yeah, I think California uh, is going to adopt that, right? Um, I think so. Wow. And I guess I have a question in, in that regards to me, since it's still something new, like Dan mentioned, we're still not 100% familiar with it. Is there going to be like a webinar that you're going to be hosting in the future about that? Maybe to help train <laughs> sites? Oh, um, about, uh, GDP, about? about GDPR? Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, given when, uh, from my understanding, and I could be way off base here, my understanding is that, yes, California was moving forward with a uh, more stricter internet privacy uh, mm -hmm. guidances and laws. Um, and so basically if you have a, uh, you know, if you're a resident of California, you have a business in California, um, it, it affects, it, you know, kind of affects how we collect that person, collect and store and manage that person's information. Um, mm -hmm. So that given, and I think because as a result of COVID-19, I think they, they had kind of pumped the brakes on like really right. hammering down on that. Um, so I think as things continue to shake out with with that and uh, it, it comes to be, uh, we'll see exactly how it, it works. And then we'll kind of lean on our subject matter experts in that area to um, kind of explain uh, explain how that might affect clinical research sites. It's uh, absolutely within the uh, realm of possibility and the type of educational content that we do. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I actually did want to ask something else. Um, I know um, you have something called a trial opportunity platform. Can you explain a little yeah, bit about that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we, it's a top for short mm -hmm. trial opportunity platform. And this is a place, um, it was a benefit that was added several years ago. It's a place where we post 
trial opportunities that are provided to us by our sponsor and CRO partners. So they have a, they have a list of studies that they're um, selecting sites for. Um, some are much more thorough than others when it comes to the trials they post there, but it's a place for our members then to go on and get um, a good sense for, uh, for what that trial might be, right? Kind of that pre-CDA information title phase, when it's enrolling, uh, what countries are sele being selected for that study. Um, and then uh, there, the really powerful part of it is there is always a, 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 an individual or a, a resource tied to that. Um, that you can reach out to directly, right? So a, a trial manager, a project manager, or someone or something that the company that has given us those trials has said, this is those, this is your member site's best opportunity to make a connection regarding that trial. So yeah. some, some have provided us with their, like their, their general, um, their phone line that they have. Um, and that, that, that's what they've told us is the best way. Other people have literally a trial manager's email listed right there. Um, and uh, we, we, um, we, we kind of put it underneath, we've, we've put it under this, this, this um, a methodology and, and, and this, this programming around these are SDRS sites, right? They're, they're the best of the best in the industry. They're, they're members of our organization. So they should be given special priority, right? And a lot of the sponsors and CROs really believe that and have gotten on board with that. They've seen year over year, the type, the quality of sites that we bring to the table. So when a site, you know, sends an email regarding a, um, a, a dermatology study, a psoriasis study that we have listed on the trial opportunity platform. And they say, I'm an SCRS member site. I'm reaching out to you because of this trial I saw on top. This is the trial number. Um, I think we qualify for this. You know, it kind of bumps them up the food, the, the chain a little bit to hopefully get extra special consideration. Um, but that really was the power behind that was um, you can get trial opportunities anywhere, right? You can go on clinicaltrials.gov and see what trials are out there selecting sites. But where this, we took this to the next level was giving them that person that you could reach out to, right? That resource to say, this is going to be, if you engage with this person or this resource, that's going to be your best chance of getting this study. Whether or not the sponsor or CRO uh, emails you back is unfortunately at this time out of our hands. And I know that's the other, um, I, I guess that's the other three quarters of the battle in a lot of places. I don't want to say half the battle, but um, that's that's kind of uh, the ever evolving um, benefit of the trial opportunity platform. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> Very good, Jimmy. We, we appreciate you coming on Latinos in Clinical Research. Um, We'd love to have you on the monthly Zoom calls. <laughs> uh, so I'll send you the link, latinosinclinicalresearch.com, so you can subscribe yourself. I won't subscribe you, Jimmy. you got to subscribe yourself. Um, but we you gotta have 24 it. hours to do it. Yeah, you get 24 hours, unless Monica's going to get at you. Yeah, right. Um, I know. I told, you, I told you where I live. Run. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But no, seriously, um, it's, it's good to hear from you guys. And uh i've known about you guys like for over 10 years uh, going way back to christine uh and so i'm glad to see that her legacy lives on and um you know i've, I've done a few podcasts with her in the past and she was really passionate about the mission and it's nice to see you guys getting bigger and uh doing important things in the industry so thank you very much for coming on we'd love to have you on again we'd love to collaborate with you guys however you see mm -hmm. fit and yeah. uh Anybody else have anything to say? And just thank you for all your work. <laughs>
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for You're taking welcome, some time out today. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and thank you. It was uh, it was a pleasure and an honor to be part of this and uh, to be interviewed by you guys. So thanks and uh, keep up your good work. Um, what you guys do is, is important. So uh, minorities will never stop needing advocation, um, especially in clinical mm -hmm. research, I think, but uh, for, for a lot of other reasons too. So mm -hmm. thank you guys for the good work that you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for watching and listening and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 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 Bye.